0: Have you been to a McDonald's with a dead raccoon?
1: No, our dead raccoon was about three blocks away from a McDonald's. What the f- is going on down there? They
0: sterilize the entire place like they clean everything they don't just clean where the raccoon was they they clean the food prep areas everything top to bottom and then they don't open again until um like they request a health inspector to come the city sends out a health inspector gives them a clean bill pass but like people are still like oh my god i'm never going to that mcdonald's oh i would never go to that mcdonald's it's like now's the time to go yeah that is the cleanest mcdonald's in the world (laughs) yeah
1: you could probably actually not use a plate or a tray once uh well that's oddly on topic for uh something we've got coming up later in this podcast seth we're actually in the podcast now the hatch has closed behind us it's uh, a sunday recording because i i have let my own schedule get away from me i had an oddly busy on the back half of the week kind of week uh with uh some stuff on my end, and also those Transformers trading card game podcasts uh, having their um, their lid removed and uh, being ready to go. So it was kind of crowded, but we're pulling it off. Uh, Seth, I think we actually talk about you in one of them. Uh-oh. Uh, I think it's in the one that I still have to finish editing that should be up tomorrow, which is our card spoilers at some point. I think Aaron brought you up as a joke, and I said Seth would just tell me all about his adventures playing Dungeons & Dragons
0: uh if i recall correctly Mm, i don't know was it in reference to the episode you never listened to i don't know (laughs) when you left me alone with the the listeners
1: and that's the first clue i've had to what was going on in there but i still haven't gone back to listen to it so i I, aaron did not make that i think it was more about me talking about the tcg a bunch uh but bringing you on for tcg episodes because it would be funny and then i was trying to swing it back at him because i was like you don't you, you don't outsmart me on my own show Uh, but then it was basically just like talking about you and you weren't there. Uh, that's at the end, end of the episode. Also, we were playing. my vanity will be the reason I listened to that then. All right. (laughs) Uh, Also uh, on, on the Sundays I've been playing TCG at three kingdoms. The only other group that's there is a group who are playing. It looks like D and D and they're, they all have iPads and they're all in character. And I was thinking of you.
0: Yeah. Uh, ipad's the way to go
1: yeah they look badass it looked like 21st century gamers it was great yeah um
0: yeah there's multiple um programs you could use for your character sheet um i've been using DD beyond um i have read arguments on why other services are or aren't better
1: mm-hmm. so
0: i'm not taking a stand saying that's the best option i'm just saying that's the option i've been using
1: Unless you have personal stake, I am a big believer in don't take stands behind the software you use because the software doesn't care. Yep. Um, but that's besides the point for now. Um, we have some listener questions to talk about. Uh, they, oh. they relate to various things. But before that, Seth, because I talked about uh. it on here with, with with you and other folks before, I figured we should close the book on this weird little story that unfortunately matters Uh, Because we like a franchise. But uh, Bumblebee did well in China. And then... uh, Oh, what was the Joker's name? Some chief executive officer, Goomba. Um, The Viacom CEO, uh, Bob Backish, uh, stated that Transformers Bumblebee is, quote, solidly profitable. uh, Which was shared around with great celebration around social media for reasons that absolutely make sense. Because it means that, hey, maybe they'll steer the tone of future Transformers films towards having feelings which would be an, a nice thing but at the same time like you just read that headline I'm just like this is like the absolute bottom pit of a positive headline like it is positive yeah. but it's on the very bottom of that barrel the one where we're happy that a CEO called a thing from our thing solidly profitable <laughs> so in case people hadn't been keeping up with it and, and they find it interesting I thought I'd share it on here you know it, it made money
0: Hooray. My reply would have been, is Bob back? Bob is back-ish.
1: Oh! <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how Maybe to pronounce delivered
0: more enthusiastically, because I am still getting over being sick. Yeah. Uh,
1: Seth has been, uh, oh, I almost said out sick this whole week, but it's not like you're coming into an office to record this. So. I wish
0: I could have been out sick from work, but it is the... After New Year's spike in sales because we do a lot of organic foods and things that are considered health food, like yogurt, even though it's mostly flavored yogurts with tons of sugar in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So right after New Year's, everyone goes, I'm going to eat healthy. And then our sales go way up for about two weeks until everyone goes, you know what was awesome? Pizza and hamburgers. And then they go back to how they were eating before
1: i like the numerical metric on the validity of new year's resolutions for a general <laughs> slice of the public demographic it's pretty solid uh i also got i clicked on this guy's photo while you were talking just idly because you know you, you click on a photo because it's there uh-huh. uh and he has my least favorite thing in all of audio visual equipment which is the supposedly invisible mic that just looks like a horrific growth on the side of his face uh
0: oh like that really thin wire with a little
1: the thin wire that ends in a flesh colored nub so it looks like it's not only a growth but it has like a strangely um chitinous vein that's connecting it to his bloodstream i've seen those things before in other live shows and i know the idea is that they blend in with the flesh but they don't it actually makes them look worse because they look organic uh (laughs) Anyway, Seth, the Bumblebee movie made money. Uh, we still need to figure out a time to record a podcast to talk about it because now we've all seen it. And, uh... and I've,
0: I've realized earlier today that I've also forgot a lot of my opinions.
1: Uh Oh, <laughs> that's the joy of doing a group podcast is everyone starts talking about the thing and it's, it does that association reaction yeah. with the brain and uh, and you
0: start yeah well just just in case we were going to be talking about the movie more i found a couple reviews to sort of that were loaded with spoilers that kind of try to freshen up my memory on things
1: all right uh by the way we're not doing that in this podcast in case you're reaching to push pause on all the spoilers we're, we're, we're not going to go into no. those here but i just figured no, it'd be well... worth dropping the solidly profitable thing and the like I guess it was up for debate because Aquaman was still open for another month, but that Transformers did well in China. Uh, it dethroned Aquaman, um, which I is of the three big movies in December. Uh, that's the one I actually still haven't seen.
0: Uh, um, <laughs> Bumblebee's the only one that I have seen. Um, yeah, the thing with... Uh... China that I think is interesting is the last... Wasn't it that the last Transformer movie didn't do especially well in China? Am I remembering correctly?
1: I think, but I certainly don't want to say I remember.
0: Even though it was loaded up with specifically for China Oh, no,
1: that was Age of Extinction that was loaded up for China. Uh, Transformers 5...
0: They blend together.
1: I I, I mostly remember because I liked Transformers 4. Transformers 5 removed china it also put the, the american-faced military back in right it was all for the worse it made the movie a very forgettable movie uh yeah, yeah I, I mean i but, saw oh, like, go
0: ahead, good but but what i was going to say is like this one doing very well in china without having any pandering to china scenes in it um would sort of counter the notion that you have to pander to china that china is just gonna that China's gonna enjoy a good movie yeah like you don't have to you don't have to suck up to them though they will like a good movie
1: <laughs> i feel like it was it was there were two ingredients to that the first ingredient was by sucking up to the entire country they were able to get some funding from them and also get or secure good distribution uh in china i think another mm-hmm. part of it is um, a lot of people who make the big decisions in Hollywood uh, are are fairly tunnel vision brained. And so the idea of, hey, China's a big market, the solution is, well, let me stuff a bunch of like China into this bazooka and shoot it at the movie. So that the movie will have lots of Chinese on it and then they'll watch it. Like in you know, it, I I I have a bit of a cynical outlook on the people who make decisions in Hollywood. I think that half of that is solving a problem that isn't even a problem with a sledgehammer.
0: Um, it's like... if And John... Well, they have John Cena. They do. That, that's a little bit a uh, nod to China. Because he does speak Chinese. I forget which dialect. And I don't know how fluent he is. But yeah. I know he he has done and I'm sure will continue to do Chinese press. I, I, I want to say it was Cantonese. I, I recall reading that he learned enough... To
1: answer interview questions, uh, but he also uh-huh. taught it to himself while on like the tour bus and on the plane, um, which is very respectable because Chinese, uh, when you weren't brought up speaking Chinese, can be a very difficult language to learn.
0: Yeah, my understanding is it's all very specific. Yeah, like the inf- influx... or
1: oh yeah, to- total and in- total inflection <laughs> yeah. and syllabic inflection, inflection is the word I was trying to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's a, it's like a-
0: the. The difference between mother and horse is almost imperceptible to western ears sort of a thing
1: yeah it's a it's a very a very uh quite beautiful language I wish I could speak uh at all but it's it is a very daunting one to try to learn for those reasons
0: yeah it's it's very melodic yeah uh, in in my estimation, like Japanese is a little harsher and chinese is more musical in a way
1: yeah and i've always found to my ear that like korean kind of falls in between the two um Uh specifically i i tend to think as far as far as like melody to mathematical it's like uh by the way this is just to my ear so i'm not trying to like pass judgments on languages but like the way i tend to think of it is like mandarin is very melodic cantonese gets a little bit more uh mathematic korean kind of falls into the very middle and then japanese is like a very like mathematically assembled language like right down to the alphabet uh the sentence structure obviously speaking it um one can make it any language as melodic as they want but like on a base level that's yeah. just how i tend to tell the difference between them when i'm hearing them in, in films and stuff uh yeah with I mean, can't
0: me sound wave is still the best yes sound wave voice <laughs> actually
1: i gotta well actually to bring it back on topic i gotta well actually that for a second it was mandarin sound wave mandarin uh,
0: sound wave yeah. is still I, I took a chance. I had a 50-50 shot it was a coin toss. it right. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, Bumblebee did well. Um, hope, as far as Transformers, and specifically toys that transform, which is usually the payoff for these films, uh, aside from, hey, maybe securing that we're going to have some solid Generations toys with, with some movie money, maybe this means that they will go back and do up some Bumblebee transforming toys
0: that look more like the film. Uh, that, would, that would be what I'd like to see. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm hoping that it makes enough that they feel it's viable to keep on this track and not bay it out up again.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, selfishly, I guess selfishly, I'm hoping this means that they see the validity in having a story that uh, has emotive characters in it, uh, that has um, people I, I would actually probably like to encounter in real life if they weren't fictional in it. Uh, most characters in Transformers movies I think are really fun to watch, but I would like never in my entire life want to meet any of them, uh, cause they would probably be horrible and I'd probably somehow be dead by the end of the encounter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, moving on from there, we got some listener questions to, to, to hit up. We just got a trio of them here, uh, cause it's, uh, thankfully news kind of calmed down that wasn't about Bumblebee's financial viability, <laughs>
0: um oh just real quick one of the reviews that i watched today to sort of try to bone back up um at the end they went to give it a letter grade uh, the movie and uh and they gave it a bumblebee minus
1: okay i'm all right i'm all right with that i was about to (laughs) sit here and go like letter grades in 2019 eh but that's well uh,
0: (laughs) I i don't think that these People typically give a letter grade to a movie. The okay. guy just really wanted to make the bumblebee minus joke. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Sometimes if you have a dream and it's actually that feasible
1: to do, then go for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is first listener question comes to us from Bowtied Trombone. Uh, great name. He says, hello, evangelists and crew. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Life Day, and a Happy New Year. I just, by the way, this, this question was sent in in late December, so this was some good predictive, this will take a week or two to get here stuff. Uh... I just started listening to the podcast this year, 2018, and I've really enjoyed listening to your guys' unique take on Transformers toys and news, as well as off-topic things. Question for you guys. Given the relative success and enjoyment of Bumblebee, uh, I'd like to know how you guys would feel about other live-action, one-shot Transformers movies focused on one character, like a Ratchet movie or a Starscream movie, something akin to IDW's Spotlight series. would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Keep up the awesome work. Um, Seth, without, without poking you for details, because I actually uh, never pestered you after you saw Bumblebee the way that I I hand-pestered Aaron because he happened to be talking to me at the time. Um,
0: well, this is the first time we've talked since I saw Bumblebee. Yeah. Oh, geez. By, by the way, Happy New Year. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Happy New Year. Would
1: you be down for more films that were based on the idea of the film kind of being focused on one robot as the protagonist?
0: Um. I don't think it would be a bad idea to keep two smaller casts. Um I think it worked very well in Bumblebee. I also don't know if this phone never rings.
1: <laughs> that was the Bumblebee phone.
0: <laughs> this is ridiculous. Hey, no one ever calls this phone. Hey it's Lorenzo and de I
1: Bonaventura can't. here. Just uh, I thought you guys I heard you're talking about Bumblebee. Thought I'd chime in.
0: yeah i can't do anything about it either that's fine we just have to wait for it to be gone i wouldn't pick Um, up the phone if lorenzo de bonaventura was on the other end right well i know it's not for me all right and if i pick it up then i have to go deal with it not being for me okay it's over now hey we survived (laughs) Uh, I don't even know why there's a phone in this room Well I know why there's a phone in this room Because we have like this stupid triple play From Comcast so it has to be Attached to the modem and this is the room The modem is in Oh
1: it's the internet phone <laughs>
0: Yeah it's, Internet phone is a terrible type of phone It's not going to help you out In an emergency Nope Um, I don't know why Well the only reason we why we have it is Anyway <laughs> Nobody cares Um Yeah, I don't know if they could really capture what made Bumblebee work um, with just any other Transformer character. Like, I think from here you have to sort of move things along. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can keep doing a smaller cast sort of a thing. But I think the next movie, like, if it has to be named for a specific character, I kind of think it almost has to be Optimus Prime.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a natural place to go. It will also keep people's attention. the The one bummer, unfortunately, with other characters is is trying to make the Joe Public react. And the the upside of the last ten years of having the same like you know five or six characters rammed down the throat of all the media um, front facing imagery is people actually know who Bumblebee is at a glance. Uh, Where and and even even Ratchet and Starscream, I think. Starscream even will get a few people to go like, oh, yeah, but then like, you know, that's about it. Like there's not going to be like, you know, uh, uh, a person on the street who just goes like Bumblebee. That's probably a feel good movie because that's a good guy character. Uh, Not that I I feel that should matter, but
0: (laughs) an Optimus used to be.
1: Uh, no, everyone still thinks he was because a lot of people kind of tuned out of those movies after a bit. So they'll come back and it'll just be like, "Yeah, Optimus, who actually is a very nice guy, uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't enjoy dismembering other robots. In fact, doesn't do it very often, or murdering people." Yeah, so like, or... <laughs> in one
0: in the other review I watched today, the guy took a little side trip to criticize or bring up what he didn't like about the Bay movies in relation to what he did like about Bumblebee. And he did a little montage of quotes from Optimus from the first two movies, like like Megatron saying, like, oh, what's one human life? And then Optimus saying, you won't stop at one. And then cut to Optimus killing a dude in the fourth movie. Uh, Kelsey Grammer. And then, yeah. And then uh, cut to Optimus saying, like, we will protect this planet and its people at all costs. And then cut to... Um, Optimus screaming i'll kill you at mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and trying to shoot um what's his face but his gun not bringing out of ammo or whatever <laughs> yeah the true face of that op- you see that's why i always not to go on a tangent that's why i like the fourth movie
1: so much because it was the honest one it was the one where it's like it's like they all stop putting on this little uh cats and dog show about being superheroes and uh, that, that continuity's characters revealed themselves or who they are, which is um, very addled, violent, unpleasant people.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if they did, like, Transformers Optimus Prime next, and then, of course, Bumblebee's going to be in it. Yeah. But maybe you just have him in a, like, not so much of a lead. Um, Move it up a few years, and then, like, where Bumblebee was very much trying to capture the feeling of a movie from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um move it up a few years and try to capture a 90s movie vibe. I was about um, to say
1: if they tried specifically just try to hit hit the vibe of Terminator 2. Uh-huh. Like just the energy of that movie and the the Yeah, cuz that is a good
0: early 90s action movie.
1: Yeah. Like ter- Terminator 2 as a vibe is 90s action movies in in one sentence for me of like bits of cool stuff from the 80s that are that are kind of not even enhanced so much as they're shown and then stepped on by something really loud and exciting
0: uh yeah but if you're gonna emulate an action type of movie from the 90s yes definitely terminator 2 over what became the 90s um epic yeah which are like your brave hearts and robin hood in a hotter world although (laughs) none of those movies none of those (laughs) movies hold up uh because i i
1: i also think that um sticking to smaller cast focused movies would be a good thing um the cynical side being if you end up with a filmmaker who isn't super great i think that something that exacerbated some of the problems of the michael bay approach was also having between 14 to 38 robot characters uh, because already you had a director who didn't really know how to make characters out of the CG elements, and it got worse, I feel, the more of them that were showing up on screen, uh, at once. Um, also a smaller cast means that, you know, folks writing the movie, folks directing it, etc., there's less for them to think about that maybe isn't there. Uh, you can have a more contained and clean plot if there are fewer characters, and that's just movies in general, not Transformers specifically. Uh, and, and for everything I said about like, it might be inaccessible at first, I think it might be a cool way to get other character pieces out there that maybe will connect with the public a little bit. Like I, I was just thinking a ratchet movie, um, with like, I don't know, in my head, I see it as ratchet having a, a somewhat similar journey to Bumblebee, except, you know, he's with, uh, folks trying to save lives and there could be a different tone to that, that I think could be, could be quite interesting too. Or, uh, you know, a villain-focused film um, could be quite fun if you get someone who who is good at writing a, a protagonist of a film who is a terrible person. Like, there's a couple great ones out there, like American Psycho or uh, Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant, where you spend a film following, like, a reprehensible human being. Um, but it's crafted in such a way that, that at least for me, I like you don't feel dirty watching them the way that, like, other films that have tried to do that may have uh,
0: fallen into. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the way to go for this franchise, though, to do a villain movie.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm...
0: I'm... Especially not second, maybe third or fourth, if if they kind of stay on a similar track. But I think one thing that they absolutely have to do <clears throat> is continue to veer away from um, the Michael Bay stuff and really establish that this is a new line of continuity. Don't worry about those other movies. Yeah. Like... That, that's one of the things that I think, it hurts Bumblebee is the Michael Bay stink that's still on it,
1: mm-hmm. Which, and
0: that there's some details that are confused, yeah, and become confusing when you try to put it in context of the Bay movies.
1: I mean, so yeah, and and you know, we'll we'll go into that probably deep on whatever the focus thing is, but like obviously from everything that we've heard, I, I don't think it's hard to deduce some of that is simply like it was baked into the crust of that pie before anything that moved it in its better direction even was, was happening. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I I was going to say like, I wouldn't say like a Starscream movie is number two or anything, but also like when I'm talking about those ideas, that's, that's moving into a much more risk-taking area um, than what probably would happen, which is probably an Optimus prime movie, given that uh, Lorenzo de Bonavie already has been like throwing that you know, name around along with the other fifteen words he randomly searched on the TF Wiki,
0: uh, <laughs> but you know. Um, right, well, ahead. also that there was some suggestion floating around at the possibility of a an all CG animated on Cybertron movie. I think that would be a good way to go if you wanted to do a bigger cast. Oh yeah, bigger action kind of movie and keep it off Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, that way you don't have to dance around like the the logical thing where like if there is a big robot battle happening on earth then of course the military is going to get involved like if if you set that on cybertron then you don't have to clutter things or confuse things by throwing like the army in like i i i don't think the military it's i don't i don't know if confuse or clutter is the right word but like distract with a. Your human army men characters. I, th- I think part of part of it is you just have to not have
1: them be part of the cast. Like like human military fits into a good transformer story, but in my opinion, it fits in as something that gets uh, swiftly nullified uh, as a show of power of what the alien robots can do. Which I know, yeah. I know doesn't always fly in live action uh, stuff. I guess I, I, maybe my perspective is weird on this. I just think that like you can have the military in the film, you just have to show them getting annihilated uh, by Decepticons and don't like in Bumblebee. <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bumblebee did it great because it's like. They aren't a power, uh, you know. Uh, throughout the film, they aren't. You know, I don't think this is a spoiler. They're like they aren't. That you don't have the military coming up with friggin' sabo rounds is like, oh, it turns out this already existing uh, technology of ours just happens to eat through the flesh of the of the transformers that are supposed to be cool, um, which is still a problem I have with that movie. But <laughs> yeah, I uh, I, I, th- I think I think in general, I, I any argument I can think of against. Um, more one-shot Transformers movies comes from a somewhat unrealistic place where, like, if you if you don't like that idea, what you want is an animated movie. Uh, and my, my other... I'll, I'll close up on this thought. My other hope is that if they do move forward with an animated production, I don't think there's a huge chance of this. I think there's a small chance of this. The fact that Spider-Verse is so universally critically acclaimed and also took tons of artistic risks, uh, I hope that that would inform another big budget uh animated piece uh as far as allowing it to to be stylized and to to take similar risks um as as far as not looking like the cg that you get from uh from your usual um uh, aesthetic you know like the usual aesthetic output cg tends to have
0: Um, well i i think what i would be leaning toward wanting to see right now would be um the aesthetic that they use for those couple of on cybertron scenes from bumblebee
1: oh i mean yeah
0: and and have it run up to that point and maybe even overlap a little bit
1: yeah i just i i like because those assets certainly look really nice i uh i think my main worry is the direction of those assets because as nice as they look uh you get someone who doesn't know how to direct them, and it's just gonna it's gonna look like a video game cutscene.
0: Um, yeah, well, this if they keep this director, he he has done a stop motion animated movie. Oh no, he so. he
1: has, but I, I guess I should have I should throw this in I should have thrown this in with the links. He also recently just said while he's not against doing more Transformers, like his studio is his primary focus, and he has no intention of using uh, was it Studio Leica, uh to do any kind of IP work. Uh, he wants everything that that studio does to be original IP. So, oh yeah, well, you use somebody else.
0: Yeah, that's you a, use whoever they used for the Bumblebee movie.
1: Uh, that's just what I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is like if they were to to use those assets, like they got they got to get someone who also knows how to block animation. Uh, and I'm sure they could find someone. I just I feel I feel like that's the easy go to answer for like an animated movie-verse movie verse uh, movie is is more of that. And I'm, I'm just like. That would look good if it's put together well. Um, those models are not in and of themselves like gonna save anything. He's got like you get you put one of them on a stupid walk cycle, right? And then you like have the camera not work right, you have it like yeah. you know, <laughs> shoot their ankles a whole lot or something. I don't know. Um, but we should move on to our second listener question, which is from Optimus Philip. Uh who says, hey guys, I've noticed a trend in recent Transformers fiction where the series at least begins with only five Autobots. I don't think this is strictly a bad thing, but I can see people finding this formula stale after a while, especially since, given that these lineups almost always include Optimus, Bumblebee, and Ratchet, we only get two slots for fresh characters. Maybe three if they decide to skip Ratchet that time. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Thank you, and happy holidays, assuming it's still the holidays when you read this. We're close. We're close. (laughs) Uh... This actually ties in a little bit with what I think we were just talking about, which is having recognizable lineups to keep um, new people interested in, in coming in and taking part. Uh, I actually think, given how much of a formula it is, I'm really surprised how much it's that formula has avoided being a detriment to, to the fiction I've been I've been watching and reading. Like Cyberverse has a bunch of those recognizable characters. Uh thankfully aside from bumblebee a lot of them are not like in the show all the time like a lot of the show is dedicated to a more even spread uh so i I actually don't mind that being a formula as it it's more like are people writing them interestingly or not but uh seth what about you how do you feel about the formula the five autobot formula i was trying to turn
0: that into a thing the faf i'm sure it has to do a lot with budget Hmm. Uh, i'm guessing um kind of capping the number of main characters they could have or main slash secondary characters they have. Um, but then, like, when you think about G1, when there were a lot more Autobots in the very beginning, uh, most of them got little to no screen time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a combination of budget and... The formula has been figured out that this is the ideal number of characters for uh, screen time and cost, yeah. sort of a thing. And
1: voice actors as well, yeah. Uh,
0: um, it would be nice if they could mix that up a little more, um, and not just always be the same five,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the fact um, that Transformers is so open to. To tweaking characterizations and not having that necessarily be consistent is a big boon to this formula because it means yeah. that we can say, you know, those names are in it, but this is, you know, this series, Optimus, Bumblebee, and Ratchet, who are somewhat different from other series, Optimus, Bumblebee, and Ratchet. Um, I also think part of it when you said mention G1, I was also thinking about how in G1, like something that kinda like G1's a fun show, but one thing where maybe the stakes in G1 feel a bit lower in the first season, especially the second season, is the fact that there are twenty to thirty characters on either side. It's kinda like it just feels like there's not really like much tension to what's going on, I guess. Cause it's like, you know, when there's only five Autobots, you're worried about what's gonna happen to all of them. When there's twenty Autobots it's kind of like they kidnapped power glide and it's like all right well call the other five jets to go and, get, and save them uh, so I think on a storytelling level too there's something that's maybe a little bit a little bit a little bit better to work with when you don't have a huge cast because you don't have to come up with reasons why people aren't there you know um, some of like rid for instance uh, I think really ran into that with Optimus where like Optimus would be in the show. And then he'd physically exist in the show and not be a ghost. But then it would be like, we gotta uh come up with a reason why he's not here because Optimus has been portrayed as ridiculously powerful. Uh it's I guess it's a version of the Superman problem as they call it, where you you have to you have to figure out narratively why a universe where these characters are also friends with Superman, why they have any problems doing anything. Because couldn't they just call in Superman? Um but, yeah, I, I'd i like to see the lineups mixed up as well, obviously, like, because we get more fresh characters, too. Like, Rescue yeah. Bots is about to mix up its lineup, uh, and while that's maybe not the most rife place for, like, deep characterization, it's the most interested I've been in Rescue Bots for a while, because it's like, like, they brought back Wedge from, from friggin' the the RID dub of the build team, and it straight up looks like Wedge, uh, redrawn in a Rescue Bots style, and I'm like, hey, that's that's a oddly deep cut. <laughs> I'm kind of into that. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Optimus Philip. Uh, Seth, we got one more, and this one is specialized towards your and my expertise. Oh, Much like when Matt Tracker of the Mobile Armored Strike Command asks his computer, whose name I forgot, uh, what team members they should summon for this mission, so have we been summoned for this question. What I'm trying to say is this question said for the even team, or the odd team, oh, or the odd oh. team, for the odd team. Oh, uh, this comes from Daniel Zonenberg, who says, I've always enjoyed the discussion of fast food you guys have had over the years. And after a recent experience that I think I've discovered that Burger King is a useful metaphor for failing businesses, which makes me smile immediately. This is right up my alley of the, <laughs> of the big three BK McD and Wendy's BK is always last to the party to introduce new things to their menu. There's no innovation. However, at the same time, they can't even seem to find a sticking point for success. McDee's Chicken nuggets or Chicken McNuggets, pardon me, for better or for worse, have tasted the same every time I've had them. BK, on the other hand, changes their recipe every few years, and it seems they don't know how to find their winning formula. Here's where it gets on topic. Which third-party company or specific Hashtag toy line do you think is the Burger King of the Transformers world, simultaneously changing too much to not find their vision while also remaining stagnant and boring? This is what happens when I'm eating Burger King while listening to the podcast discuss evergreen Transformers designs. Hope you glean a nugget of wisdom from this. Click. I, get, I, I only just now caught the nugget of wisdom thing. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that part, but, you know, I'll let it slide. Uh, you might see I'll let it slider. See sliders are like small hamburgers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I would question the McNuggets being the same. Um, I had chicken McNuggets uh a few days ago for the first time in a f- bunch of years because I don't go to McDonald's very often. It, they're not my number one fast food choice, and uh. Chicken McNuggets are like the last thing that I would want to get because I think uh the pink slime situation is disgusting and I'm sure other I've eaten other chicken from other places that is made the exact same way. I just don't know it. So <laughs> <laughs> um so you know ignorance is bliss didn't
1: you see the video they put out in light of the pink slime where they showed with a very homely and friendly tone the mcnugget factory where they said "Huh, that pink slime photo what nonsense and they tried to like they tried to make the production of mcnuggets in a factory kind of like this this uh heartwarming experience
0: it's it's a very not it's a very weird video Uh, it sounds weird you ever you ever bite into Um, a
1: mcnugget and have blood come
0: out no it's the last time I ever had a McNugget holy god (laughs) that would be the last time I ever had a McNugget too
1: (laughs) Uh, I didn't mean to throw that curveball in there but we we were starting to swing away from McNuggets and I was like I have to share that it was a long long time I was a little kid when that happened but it still took decades until I went near a McNugget again
0: (laughs) No, I don't even know how that works. Like, like liquid blood or so, so because wouldn't it have solidified in the cooking? Yeah, I don't
1: think it was like blood, blood, but you know how there's like red liquids sometimes and stuff like whatever comes out of steak. I don't know. Yeah. It was something like that. It it just in, when I bit into the McNugget, what I saw looked like red liquid. Uh and it was a meat mcnugget and that really freaked me out and it was it was no good
0: (laughs) yeah that's bad time um but that that reminded me of an exchange i think it was on twitter between you and aaron um years ago i think you said something about not wanting blood coming out of your steak like he was on his soapbox about uh rare Mm -hmm. eating steak rare and uh and then you said something about not wanting blood and then him explaining that it's not blood it's like liquefied collagen or something and then i think your response was something like that's not better <laughs> <or something. laughs> basically yeah yeah uh. <laughs>
1: um
0: w- whatever it was on collagen is probably wrong but it was some other it's, yeah, no, thing. don't worry,
1: it's another biological fluid that's also crimson that, you know, causes the same Primal reaction. I was like, well, <laughs> well, thanks, I guess I'm not eating blood, but, you know, I,
0: <laughs>
1: I find it still um, unappetizing.
0: <laughs> but my original point was going to be that um, there was something about the Chicken McNuggets that were different from my memories of the previous time I had Chicken McNuggets and earlier still. Uh, before I knew any better, and Chuck and McNuggets were new. I remember when Chuck and McNuggets were new. I am old. Um, it, like the like they seemed the outer crust um, seemed crispier.
1: That that definitely and, has changed, and,
0: and I kind of liked it. Yeah, yeah I kind of. I thought it was kind of better. Like
1: I I I'm really sure McNuggets have tweaked. I, I think it's more like McNuggets. Like, if you have McNuggets off and on in the space of, like, five years, they still kind of taste the same. Whereas, like, Burger King, like, when I watch Burger King at a distance, sneering at them and, like, you know, whenever someone says their name, I have to spit on the floor. I, I noticed that their menu does seem to have no theme, and it definitely does not seem to have much of a theme around burgers, when, like, in the big signs they always have up everywhere. It's always like, look at this other thing we developed that's not a burger. And it's kind of like, your name is Burger King. Like, you could <sighs> you could also focus in on the burgers
0: yeah like they they seem to be trying to rely on gimmick items on their menu yeah and they've i i think they've settled down a little but there was a stretch a year or two ago where it was like it was like crazy like cheeto chicken chicken cheeto fries and so it's like our chicken fries which are already weird but now the, the breading or Cheetos yeah, and then some other weird thing like with Oreos in it or something or <laughs>
1: like, listen, I mean, it's just like it.
0: all this crazy, bizarre stuff.
1: I'm going to eat a mouthful on, on, on saying this again, because I always seem to get it when I say this. And I, I, I didn't know that there were so many friggin processed chicken uh, guardians out there. But like chicken fries are just badly made chicken fingers. That's all they are. <laughs> uh, it's just a badly made weedy tiny chicken finger so they get they put them in a box of like 6. They came up with a different noun for it and they convinced you it's an innovation. You know, it's like it's like if someone melted a bunch of ice cream and then just gave it to you with a straw and said, "Look, I made uh I made an ice cream so- uh, soda. It's like sippable ice cream." And you're like, "No, it's just melted ice cream." And they're like, "No, we're Burger King, home of the Whopper." And then they walk away. Uh, so yeah, chicken fries suck. There, I'm, let's throw it out there again in case I anyone didn't know. It's okay to eat stuff that sucks, you know. Just don't t- don't come up to me going like, no, no, chicken fries are great. Let me tell you why. Because everything you say is you telling me why chicken tenders are great, and not explaining why chicken fries are crappier chicken tenders. Uh, wow, I got I got heated there. Pardon me.
0: Yeah. In the past, when you've trashed Burger King, I've kind of gotten their back. But um the last couple times I ingested Burger King, um it was very discouraging. You
1: know what's great and is when someone it,
0: it's become my it, it's become of the fast food places we have in Petaluma. Um so that rules out a handful that we don't have. Um they've 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 become my last choice. Nothing says you've had a great experience at a restaurant
1: than using the verb ingested <laughs> rather than ate. Is <laughs> what I'll say. Uh, but by the way, to the to the on-topic part of the question, because that's a really good good question. Uh, I don't I don't I don't really have like an answer as far as a toy line, so much as a certain little range of price points that with Hasbro Takara that feel like the Burger King, where they just they change every year and never. Hit it, and then when they do hit it or start to hit it, they change again, and that's the the that mixture of price points. uh, Usually, not in generations, but in the in the the kids line, uh, which is like used to be scouts, used to be legends. Now it's you know it changes constantly. Uh, Right now, I would say it's the Energon Igniters uh, for Bumblebee. Uh, It's the Um, half alt mode scout toys for cyberverse. Uh, those price points are just always, I think I'm only focused on them because the scout price point used to be a wonderful, wonderful place of limited innovation and operating in a small box, uh, to an effective degree. It was a beautiful price point and it's become the testing ground for literally everything. Uh, so it's kind of, kind of a kick toy of mine. Um. That, that's speaking as far as official toys. I have a third-party one as well, but you know I, I can hold up back for a sec. Uh, Seth, do you have anything that jumps to mind if someone says, what would you call the Burger King of transforming robot toys?
0: Well, based on um, them throwing gimmick stuff on their menus from time to time, um, I would say when Hasbro does a very gimmick-themed line, hmm. Uh, which they do from time to time. Um, uh, man, I'm uh, for, was it for the last, for the previous movie, not Bumblebee or am I confusing something else? But, I I remember there was like, this is the, the version of the toys for the little, little kids. Mm-hmm. I think it was for the, the previous movie. Um, and the packaging was a, very hard to differentiate from the older kid slash collector.
1: I remember this. Yeah, that, so this was not this was not movie five. This was movie four. The okay. the big the big case was yeah. They, the
0: two movies I apparently can't tell the difference of anymore. You know what? I liked one of them, but also that's
1: one of the most common things I've heard anyone say about the last two movies. So you're not alone there. Uh, specifically. Uh, Because those toys, I can't remember what they were called, but they were in packaging that was straight up identical to the good deluxes, and the swoop from that line at a glance looked physically identical to the deluxe swoop (laughs) to the point where it was not uncommon for people to put up a photo of that swoop saying, I thought I bought the deluxe. This clearly can't be the deluxe, right? And then a bunch of people having to go like, yes, that's the one with the action feature on the front of the package. That's how you tell the difference. I remember that. I just don't remember what they're called.
0: Yeah. So, and there's there's been other gimmick lines that I'm having trouble remembering right now because mm. again, I'm still getting over being sick. My mind is not in full function. Um, well, that's a, that's still a good pull that that fits in. But in, yeah, like gimmick line stuff. Like yeah, yeah. That's kind of in the
1: frame of what I, I was talking about, like that sub, you know, or often sub twenty dollar price point. Uh, Gravity changers. So that was one that should have stuck around because those things were the coolest paperweights I've ever had. Uh, and then they brought it back, I think, in movie four, but they sucked compared to the movie two ones. Because uh, those are the ones where you pick them up and then like a weight would move yeah. through the toy and it would rotate stuff. Oh, so cool. Because um, I, I got a third party one, which is the one I like. Maybe I like I everyone who has listened to this podcast for the last few weeks. Years, we'll probably know it. Fans' toys is the Burger King of the third-party world. They do exactly one thing, and somehow, whenever they do it right, they then remove every one of those good elements from the next like fifteen toys they put out. Uh, They just try to make things that look like animation cells, and unfortunately, they do so often with a a staggering void of, of palpable passion for what they're doing. Uh, it's kind of like Burger King in a way. Burger King tries to innovate by taking stupid chicken fries and then trying to dress them up like (laughs) Cheetos. Uh, anyway, I'm being specifically mean to fans toys now. Uh, I'm gonna avoid harping further on that because I know I'm just being mean. I like their Skyfire a lot. That's the thing I always throw in after I'm mean to them.
0: (laughs) Well, going back to my comment the Burger King has become my last choice of fast food mm. uh, in my town, in case anybody was wondering, number one choice, Jack in the Box. Mm. There
1: you go. I am just nodding. I have no opinion on Jack in the Box because <laughs> I I get told of Jack in the Box all the time. I don't interact with them enough to, to have an opinion. So hopefully uh, people in the thread can lay, hey, Hit, hit the thread. Tell us your thoughts on fast food. Uh, if you want to stick up for Burger King, uh, my, my only challenge to you is do so without complimenting their chicken fries. I'm trying to save you the embarrassment when I say this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's nothing more depressing than someone trying to stick up for chicken fries. I'm trying to help you. All right? Because they got a hook into you, and they're, they're trying to convince you that sticking up for their stupid failed chicken fingers is going to somehow... Uh, bring good fortune to you. Well, you know what, Seth. Seth tried to stick what, up for what, Burger what? King once, and now he ingests their food. He doesn't eat it. So <laughs> that's what happens when you try to stick up for Burger King. They give you ingestible food. Uh, <laughs> I just realized
0: this. Yeah, we we went through. <laughs> so there used to be two Burger Kings in town. Now there's only one. Um, we went through the drive through once, and we order at the speaker, pull up to the window, pay. Then the person says, would you mind pulling up past the line and we'll bring the food out? And we were like, why? And they said, because then you'll be out of the sensor. So I guess they get in trouble if they don't get the food out fast enough. That okay. They knew they weren't going to be fast enough, so they just asked us to get out of the sensor and wait. So I'm sure their mics are
1: recorded, so they couldn't. But (laughs) if they were just, if I were in your position, and they just told me we have a sensor that detects how long you're sitting there, and we just don't think we can hit the milestone, and the the corporate management will come down on us, I would immediately just go like, I'll pull forward because screw your corporate management. Uh, that's that's an odd situation. I, I was just gonna throw in. I do not pass any judgment on those who partake in ingesting Burger King, especially because I just <laughs> recalled that this question ended with I'm eating Burger King while listening to the podcast. So I have no nothing against people who eat Burger King. I just, you know, you can do better. But, you know, I do bad sometimes every every half year, year and a half. I, I go to Taco Bell again and I go, like, let's try this. I'm sure it's great. And then, like, I do it once and I'm like, I, why did I do that? My stomach hurts. Um. <laughs> But uh, thank you for a listener question. Either way, Seth, let's go into the bit about uh, gains. This is the this is the gains part of the podcast where we talk about all of our latest protein shakes and how much uh, mass we've put on. Uh, I'm kidding. It's what we got this week. Time, uh, Seth, were you able to procure any kind of Transformers stuff?
0: No, because with the demise of Toys R Us, the only option is pretty much um, Target. Mm. Uh, last Target I went to was in Rohnert Park, and Rohnert Park Target seems to get things less least often. Or the, the, this is what I actually suspect. I suspect there's more collectors in Rohnert Park because mm-hmm. the Rona Park Target always seems to get wiped out of new stuff quicker. Um, I haven't been to the Puddle Target in a little while. <laughs> Also, I am in I am still in the process of realigning my uh how I spend money mm-hmm. <laughs> to get my finances out of a free fall tailspin. Indeed. Um, so I have been very frugal as of late.
1: Well, there's nothing wrong with that, and like we've talked about it on this podcast before, it's the new year, so I'll throw one out for the new year. Uh we we don't go into this wanting any of us to actually just buy stuff so we have things to talk about. Uh neither should any of us be expected to buy stuff so we have things to talk about. So uh there there's Never an expectation for that. Hello, new listeners, in case you're out there. So sometimes we won't have new Transformers uh, for various reasons, uh, be it holiday, be it finances, be it a lack of distribution. We don't spend extra money to try to get them fast to talk about them uh, because then when we get them, we want to talk about them. That sounded cool in my head. I wasn't sure.
0: I mean, yeah. I used to do that. Um, I am trying to be a much more specified collector Mm -hmm. and get what i really really want and not just whatever is new yeah um because i cannot one i can't afford it anymore i just can't and if it's get a bunch of toys or um have to sell my house (laughs) um i'm i'm gonna choose keeping the house get a Um, house
1: that's also a toy (laughs) (laughs) and you've done both uh
0: also i look at stacks of storage bins full of stuff that i just don't care about anymore and it's like wow if i could have had if i could have all this money back if i could just trade all of this to somebody for half of what i spent on it that would be amazing
1: y'all gotta get some kind of solid toy show out there with a big old table and uh and give that a shot, because that's been real fun for me. Granted, I don't get rid of enough and I assessed it and I still like having too many transformers. But other stuff, oh that's been that's
0: been kind of fun to, to go through. Well, even if I sold half of everything I have, I would still have too many Transformers. <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly
1: like I've done a panel about this a few times. It's mostly do you still feel happy having too many or not? And then You know, do you feel like you wanna? Do you wanna like just go whole hog trimming? Do you wanna like trim out chunks? It's it varies from person to person, and I've talked about this before too. We come from a a collector community, uh, not just Transformers, but we'll just focus on that one. Where we definitely spent the movie years, the ten years of the Michael Bay movies, with more and more stuff aimed at us coming out. I think a lot of people spent a lot of time operating under at least a subconscious feeling that they gotta keep up, and I think it's only recently that that more folks are in a less burn the forest way starting to go like let's let's dial back but not cut this entire thing out like people have cut out collecting from their life many times while i've been a fan but i think recently we're entering into a more healthy era where it's like it doesn't feel like you got to be all or nothing necessarily um yeah so with that said i got some new toys and seth one of them relates directly to you because we talked about it a bunch oh boy Uh, i got the siege leaders ultra magnus and shockwave uh, oh. I'll just briefly talk about Ultra Magnus because I, I, I'm going to talk about these things again whenever anyone else gets them so I don't need to like give dissertations or anything Ultra Magnus and Shockwave uh, everyone talks about how they are too short for leader toys and that's fine I took a photo making fun of that because if we're going to talk about toy height being the important thing then you all should be buying those triple titan changers that are 30 bucks and 12 inches tall um, the question is whether or not there's enough toy uh, in the leader toys uh, and Coming off of the two of them, uh, what I'll say is I'm very happy that I got a discount on them, um, and I wouldn't buy them for (laughs) straight-up retail, but I I will then add I've said that about the Leader Class for the last however many years, like definitely since Combiner Wars. I think even Jetfire uh, from Thrilling 30, uh, I was saying, this toy is great when you don't pay full price for it. So there's actually nothing new here is what I I guess I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm trying to also dig up that silly photo because I liked it. But... um, I, I like him. I am I think Ultra Magnus is the one most people will like up front because he does the most stuff and ends up being the most densest packed layers of toy. Uh, I just find that his transformation is the only thing that is the big highlight for him, uh, aside from a few other little bits. Uh, he ends up a little bit limited in articulation in his combined mode because he's made of boxes, basically. Uh, and his transformation is cool, but he just kind of ends up being a big, long box truck, um, which is fine. That's Ultra Magnus. But Shockwave uh, is more of a tour de force, in my opinion, for for this actual lion. Um, Seth here, I found my my image about how the leader toys are clearly taller uh, than the Voyager toys. Um <laughs> So Shockwave, uh, is physic, he feels physically lighter than Ultra Magnus, and I'm sure that's a big thing. Uh, the, the thing about both these leader toys though is, and someone else pointed this out in a thread, and there's certainly a level of justification behind this, but I, I think it's also correct. Uh, one thing that it feels like you're paying extra for on these leader toys is that they are built friggin solidly. Uh, tons of ratchet joints from the waist down in the hips and knees. Okay, so four, I guess, if I was going to count it out. Um, four, no, six, uh, both directions on the hips. And then um, a lot of a lot of just, like, metal construction holding the plastic pieces together. Just a very notable solidity and lack of hollowness to them. Um, and Shockwave is basically like a, a solid little Voyager shockwave who then comes with a deluxe worth of parts. He comes with, like, his own version of cog uh, that turns into a little—I like, call it the Shock Fleet. Uh, just a little like floating shockwave eye with two laser guns on it. Uh, it can combine with him in his vehicle mode. It can combine with him in his robot mode. Uh, it can just be a platform for him to float around on and look menacing. Um, so I, I like these leader toys a lot. If if I were to pick one of them, uh, to keep, I would keep Shockwave in, in an instant. Um, Ultra Magnus is fine. Shockwave is actually really fun and well designed and. Uh, his articulation is like highly emotive. Um, you're, you're able to do the thing where you get his his thighs to come really close together, whereas Ultra Magnus like just you know simply can't. Um, there's a, there's a lot. Actually, I'll just I'll send you another photo. There's a lot about the Shockwave that's just really cool. And the, the topper on it, of course, is that also this is basically the classic Shockwave that the fandom the fandom has been asking for for like half a decade. It's just a really well done. Uh, very poseable uh shockwave who is really flagrantly g1 shockwave. Um so I, I so Seth because we were talking about this because you're a shockwave guy. Uh I think you'll like this figure when you find it on sale or when you have a coupon to bring its price down.
0: Uh yeah and because I've been like really I, I've been really undecided because I am a shockwave sucker. And I have two very excellent Shockwaves. Mm-hmm. I have that third-party Shockwave that I forget Quake the, Wave the name of Quake Wave, and I have Masterpiece Shockwave. And it's like, okay, do I really need another Shockwave? Like, what am I going to do with this Shockwave that I'm not already doing with well, those, this one's dark purple, which is <laughs> yeah, which is one's <laughs> on display and the other one's is 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 a. Container. this is
1: this is the uh
0: the tabletop
1: um, shock oh, oh the shockwave has one other power you know how megatron is always famous for his trigger crotch uh, also check this out the shockwave nice can form a trigger crotch also <laughs> his trigger uh is the bridge of his spaceship mode and let me show you another photo because this thing is looking up at him in that photo the he has a very well done light pipe eye. it's actually i think pipes light better than the masterpiece and there's another light piped eye on the bridge of his his spaceship mode, which is also oh, the trigger kind of cool so there's a shockwave eye looking up at him from that trigger sticking out of his crotch in the one photo uh sells a toy obviously
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like the like in your description, like as you were talking about it, I was going. I was being convinced and not convinced to get it back and forth. Um, so, like your first thing of like not paying full price. It's like, okay, well, that settles it. I'm going to pass. And then you're saying that it's the one you would keep. Gave me pause again. And then, like, <laughs> so I was going back and forth and back and forth. But then like the description that it's a good Voyager with a bunch of extra parts. Uh, man that made me think if there was a Voyager version that didn't come with all the extra parts, that would be a lot easier to to swallow Um, because, like, I never see Transformers on sale around here. Like, Toys R Us used to put things on sale, but, like, Target doesn't really put toys on sale that much that that i at least that i noticed i think
1: that's that's definitely something if, that if
0: they are it's toy lines that i'm not
1: <clears throat> i'm not after that's something that i i have a lot of ignorance on is like what target does since we don't have them here anymore uh yeah. like I, I just always assume target runs sales of some kind but like hasbro toy shop maybe like they they have sales off and on that might be something to keep an eye out big bad toy store If they can't move the large pallet of retail toys they get in, those things eventually hit a sale price. And this is a wave one leader toy. So I think that it's really reasonable to kind of watch him from a distance. And, like, there will be a time where you're like, oh, now he's been cut down to Voyager price. I will buy him as a Voyager and get a free pack of cool parts with him.
0: Uh, And possibly by then my money situation will have improved and it would be less of... Of a risk to uh to blow a little bit of money. Yeah, and
1: I'm not going to try to sell you on the extra pack of parts, but like you know, I put I put them on Optimus here, and like one of the part one of the parts <laughs> is literally a giant shockwave head, <laughs> which is really fun to stick onto stuff. Um, so yeah, I really like the shockwave, and and uh, when people say, "But he's small," obviously I have no answer to that except that like. I, I it's coming from a different place, I think, than the way people are wording it. The way it was worded and the way it's shown in side-by-side photos, I kind of just find irritating because it's like, or I'll show you another photo. Uh, someone might say, hey, you extended Shockwave's backpack to make him twice as tall, you cheater. And I'd be like, <laughs> be like, okay, well, here, I took all the accessories off him and I folded his backpack up and he's still twice as tall as Voyager Optimus. Like, it's ridiculous, this comparison. It's just, you know... Silly. Look at sorry. how tall he is compared to that Voyager Optimus. It's, You're so silly. Uh, there's a certain point where it becomes like the science <laughs> of what's annoying you. There's a better way to represent it than these side-by-side <laughs> photos. I'm going to ruin side-by-side photos. <laughs> Maybe we'll be fine. Um, I, did, I did also get, I bought a Transformer at full price because it was on Amazon and I just kind of wanted it because I liked the movie. Uh, and I was getting a, a like 80% off toy with it. So I figured like, whatever, this makes sense. I bought Studio Series Dropkick from the Bumblebee movie. Uh, it's a version of him that just turns into a helicopter and it's been talked about on an even episode and i would agree his transformation is the highlight and it is incredible it's an amazing transformation the robot mode and is not very accurate at all it just kind of looks like a helicopter guy and i don't mind because he he transforms in such a way he he looks very different from a lot of helicopter transformers um i would say that if you, like People, I, I said I find him to be middle of the road, like very much a lockdown in the studio series. And some folks said, oh, he's my favorite one. And I'm like, I could totally see him being your favorite one because his transformation is incredible. Uh, there's just bits of him that bring him down for me. I still like him a lot. I like him more than the VW Bumblebee. Um, but Seth, I took one photo of him. We, we, we actually can't say what the photo is because it's one of those things where I just took a photo. But some people went like, hey, wait a second. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But... Uh, he's a he's a he's a very good figure and i'm i I don't think he's very good but i think he's a very solid transformer and i'm looking forward to picking up uh the shatter uh to go with him because i i need i need violence husband and murder wife on my tabletop here um sooner than later and that brings me to the last thing i got this week that's on topic and i didn't actually get this so much as i got this on loan uh i'm doing a prototype playtime video on this and this is from our friends over at 3a uh they are doing a new thing with their transformers license, which is called the deluxe line. Uh, usually they do 14 inch tall scale robots that are 200 to $400 uh, in the premium series. And uh, with the Bumblebee movie, they're moving into this deluxe series where Bumblebee is uh, less than 10 inches tall. Uh, he's also stuffed full of die cast um, and comes with swappable hands instead of posable hands. Cause he's smaller. Uh, I'm. I'm. So this is a. This is a test shot. It's very close to finish. Like the packaging was done, uh, but I'm told the tolerances on it might still change. This thing feels almost as good as a Flame Toys piece. It feels almost as good as a as a, as a Iron Man. Like it felt like a high end Japanese toy in a way that 3A stuff usually doesn't. Their Transformer stuff usually feels very sturdy, but it's very sturdy and made of a lot of plastic. Uh, this thing felt like a different company made it, uh, and I'm astonished at the quality and i'm really happy about it because this is the transformers movie where i am i would love to have the cast as high-end well done and also less than 400 hundred dollar action figures
0: uh so i'm it does look very cool um do they have a price point for yeah this
1: bumblebee is under 150 bucks he's out i think this month um or the first run is out i I looked him up because i put in a pre-order just in case it becomes scarce because uh, they just also put up pre-orders for the Blitzwing figure. Uh, so yeah, Bumblebee is. Oh, I just yeah, they're on Big yeah, Bad. they're like on the front. Right, page. I shot you a link. Um, Bumblebee is one thirty-five. Blitzwing's one ninety. Um. So this Bumblebee for one thirty-five, I think, is really frigging solid. If you're into high-end uh, robot action figures in general, like this is this is up there with some of the best. Uh, his his biggest problems for me are. As far as the actual figure, um, the elbows are fine, but there there's a little elbow detail on both elbows that's really easy to kind of get snagged. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to break. It just it makes, makes me uncomfortable, and I wish it was moving itself out of the way somehow. Uh, the other one is not really a problem with the figure. It's more a problem introduced by how good the figure is, which is you only get three pairs of hands, fists relaxed and wide open. And then you get a normal head, and you get a battle mm. mask head. And I'm like... I'd like at least two more pairs of hands in, like, thumbs-up poses and stuff uh, for cute poses, and I, I'd also like an alternate head uh, with the cheekbones up for when he's smiling, because this figure is so good that I'm like, oh, I want alternate faces now, <laughs> uh, huh. and, that's, and that's not something that, like, is ever really expected on a Transformers figure, so... I like this figure so much and the movie he's from was so actually lovely that I want more like emotive parts on him
0: uh... yeah this, I mean this is a bummer because I'm I'm like worried about the cost of a leader class figure that I don't know if I actually want or not and now this thing looks so good but I really can't justify spending over a hundred dollars yeah this is another thing to keep an eye on and hope like maybe big badges can't sell what they got <laughs> and in a few months they'll they'll cut the price down and i'll be in a better money position because man this thing looks cool and i have been a proponent for years on non-transforming transformer toys mm-hmm.
1: and and i've been and a big one on this looks uh, I was gonna say I've I've been really big for the last two, about two years on 3A experimenting with a sub two hundred dollar for a bumblebee uh, price point for this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and and doing it looking like the thing and not like Ashley Wood going bananas. Like their their movie <laughs> robots look like the thing. It's just that it's also like their
1: movie robots. Optimus Prime is sixteen inches tall, so it's a really well yeah. done movie robot. It's enormous uh and yeah. then i so i always
0: th- but it, it's other lines where ashley wood goes but yeah yeah
1: so. i, I always thought i always thought that like you know this is going to be the one that everyone's going to say oh we wish you had been doing this forever one of the first replies i saw to this figure was when's the premium version coming out and i was like i was like what what <laughs> what <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I want the one that's 14 inches tall, and I was like, I was like, this is the same thing as whenever we talk about Prime One Studio statues. There's a demographic out there with whom I have still failed to connect <laughs> and comprehend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I should have a video up for this in the next week or two. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna gush a lot about the articulation. Um, also, one other thing to gush about. Each there's two different heads, one with the mask, one with that. It's just a simple head swap on a ball socket joint. Uh, the heads have a, a, a set of lights for the eyes, um, and the button is great because the button is just the Autobot symbol on his forehead, and it's a clicky button. Uh, m- best part of this, the batteries he needs. I was like, all right, which in my big bag of weird, otherwise unused batteries <laughs> do I need? LR forty fours, the normal watch battery. I'm like, I'm like. 3A, you finally, you finally are just making, you're making really nice high-end toys that are under 400 bucks and that use normal people batteries. This is the best news ever. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'm going to avoid gushing too much on here because I got, I'll have video to show it, but like the, the ab range on this toy is incredible. Uh, And it, it just, it reminds me of what I love about the chemical attack team who work on Sentinel stuff and on Flame Toys Transformers. And, and Maybe they partnered with them. I don't know. I don't actually know all the details. But, like, if they didn't, then whoever worked on this sh- deserves a huge pat on the back for, like, hitting all those qualities in such a good way that it makes me go, are you on the Sentinel team? <laughs> like, when you bend this guy's knee, a-, a fully metal assembly of parts makes his kneecap, like, shift on pistons uh, while his knee is articulating. Uh, it- it's it's great. Uh Anyway that all having been said um,
0: yeah i i just looked down at the product description for the bumblebee here on big bad toy store and the first uh th- four words is this statue from hasbro statue
1: i don't even it's it says in the second that ain't no it statue. Says in the second paragraph a high range of articulation what
0: you... <laughs> joel get your act together <laughs>
1: I didn't even look at that. That's That's extremely silly. <laughs> the fifth product feature is fifty-five points of articulation. Uh anyway. <laughs> uh, that's that's it for my, my on topic stuff. By the way, that, that blitzwing, I I just want to throw in there like friggin that blitzwing is just making me sit there going, like, I know you're probably doing Optimus Prime next, but but what what crime do I need to commit to get you to do shatter and dropkick next? Because I, I, most people who saw the film will probably agree with me that Shatter and Dropkick are the second and third most important toys, if not the first and second most important toys to make in this style. So, like, I if, if we end up in a situation where it's like we couldn't make Shatter and Dropkick because Bumblebee and Blitzwing didn't sell enough, I'm going to friggin' go and be sour in my chair for, like, an hour. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. But I hope that doesn't happen. Because uh, that Blitzwing also looks really good. Um, he's got a he's got a swappable hand thing where his hand has a spike sticking out of it, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's a pretty that's a pretty specific detail to put on Blitzwing. Um, anyway, gonna stop gushing about those for now because we're gonna go into the rest of what we got this week. Seth, uh, did you get anything this week that wasn't a transforming robot?
0: no because i am extending this um i gotta get my money under control not just to transformers but to marvel and uh, star wars figures also mm. i am locking down pretty much everything <clears throat> and not just getting whole waves of figures for like one or two that i actually care about um mm-hmm you, you, uh, I have a lot of thinking to do about this uh, Black Panther wave, though. You,
1: you don't need the solidarity, and and I, you know, sometimes I actually bristle when I see the solidarity thrown uh, on a reflex. But what you described is basically why I've stepped away from Marvel Legends entirely, because uh, it's like they come out, and even if I just want one or two, it's just more viable to buy them as a wave. Uh, otherwise, I'm paying like a markup yeah. on one, and then it's like I can't do 150 plus dollar Marvel purchases. I don't like Marvel enough to to do that for Marvel figures, as, as cool as those figures are. And Black Series kind of fall. Black Series gets away from this because I actually often can find single Black Series figures for a decent price uh, over time when I if I still care about them. Um, Marvel Legends, it always just seems to be either it's just a wall of it's a wall of w- full waves or when they go on sale, I don't care about them anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, with this black Panther wave, it's like, I don't need another um, black Panther. And I don't really care about black Panther's dad from the flashback. Mm. Um, but the build, the figure is so cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, i'm i'm afraid i'm mispronouncing the character's name Mbatu? oh mbaku mbaku yeah. um man it's, ah. it looks good it looks good and i
1: <laughs> like i'm tempted by that wave because i'm also like it's a movie wave that's just movie characters and like i i, yes, I want to
0: that's a big i kind of want
1: to just throw support behind it but then i'm also like if i get that wave i'm gonna sit there going like well i should go and track down wave one now and like like this i, I don't know if i can do that <laughs> Uh these are all these are by the way the most first world of first world problems. So I just want to acknowledge that. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what action figures to buy from the movie I enjoyed. Uh that's alright. I uh for me, I don't think I really got anything freshly off topic that isn't like just like poking at tabletop games. Um So yeah, I I'm just looking around, seeing if I can recall anything uh but i don't th- i don't think i even bought any gaming supplies lately i just I, I i i i mentioned i was like poking at that dice masters game and so i've now poked at it a bunch and i got to play it a few times uh but that's not really anything fresh that i got this week so that brings us to the end of this podcast i think a nice little bite-sized weekender uh for january 2019 uh seth thanks for joining me and uh thanks for also being very patient with um the mixture of my terrible scheduling and your
0: unfortunate illness oh yeah this last week for me was i was in no no health or mental space and also i was just getting out of work really late Mm. and uh speaking of that uh when we get off mic i gotta i gotta talk to you about something oh that's where Uh, we find out the 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 big the big that's the
1: big cliffhanger except none of you are ever gonna hear it um
0: no it's it shouldn't be a big it's just gonna have to do with scheduling it's not like i'm telling you that i'm quitting the show or something
1: spoiler alert
0: (laughs) seth does not after
1: the show tell me he has to quit the show Uh, i just found that one out on the rumor mill um But, Seth, thanks for joining me here, Uh, regardless. And thank you all for listening. Uh, If you have any interest in the Transformers TCG, then for crying out loud, I hope you're listening to those two Wave 2 podcasts we've put out. Uh, Because I also, selfishly, I spent a long time editing those, and goddammit, I want people to listen to them. (laughs) Uh, So stay tuned for more of that. Stay tuned for more of this. Uh, Stay tuned for a Bumblebee podcast. We'll figure out the logistics uh, somehow. Um... We'll talk about Bumblebee. It's not like we're gonna not talk about Bumblebee. Uh, But until any of that happens, uh, stay
0: safe. the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.